0: Tava with a song of Tarashevchenko's lyrics put to music, and that song was called "Od Sela do Sela," from village to village. Dobrý večer, rádio súhrotí Tavitajová s na rádio predačiu náš holos rádio Križko Hol Koryňa, ktorá vám jaks vidíš na bádate móvny rádio AM 1320 CHMB v meste Vankovéri, i Pomaraji PCG PCJ rádio Míjno Rodnému. Hello there and welcome to Nash Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm your host, Paula Demchik-McQuarrie, Pokryenska Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got a great program lined up for you. It will be another focus on Shevchenko, musically speaking, and we might have a little something as well. That explains another part, another aspect of Tarashevchenko's life. We'll have a little, a couple of very small recordings of his poetry recited in English, as well as a Ukrainian, as well as a description of his life while in exile in Kazakhstan, and that will be in the Ukrainian language. As well, we've got part two of our interview with Paulina Zalitsky, who's the author of her memoir, The Sea is Only Knee Deep, and that is a two-volume memoir that she wrote about her life growing up in the Soviet Union, as well as working in Cuba during the Cuban Missile Crisis, the second one, and as famous defection to Canada. So stay tuned for that as well. Our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next is another of Tarashevchenko's famous poems, Zapovit, My Testament, performed by Dmytro Bohush.
1: Як умру, то поховайте мене на могилі Серед степу широко на країні милі Щопланий широко полі І Дніпро, і Кручі Було видно, було чути Як ревери мучі Щопланий широко полі І Дніпро, і Кручі Було видно, було чути Як леве ривучі Як понесе з України У море Кров ворожу діє І лани, і гори Все покину і полину До самого Бога буду молитися, а до того, я не знаю Бога. Все покину і полину, до самого Бога,
2: буду молитися, а до того, я не знаю Бога. Кого Бо, майди?
3: Staрайте, кайда порвите. И разую, свою кровью, волю мене Не забудьте, янути, не злитих.
4: Nash Hallist listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit chochenkofoundation.com. Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit UkraineWarAMPS.ca or find us on Facebook. <laughs>
5: Маєш крила, маєш силу, є коли літати. Тепер летиш в Україну, тебе виглядають. Полетів би я з тобою, та хто привітає.
0: A kerekesha with a popular group Fata Morgana from the United States and a very well-known song of Tarashevchenko's lyrics put to music Bandureste Orilasezi Up next we have two brief recitations of Tarashevchenko poetry performed by the Ambassador of Great Britain Judith Goff and of Canada Roman Waschuk. And we'll follow that up with the story in Ukrainian about Tarashevchenko's life in exile in Kazakhstan.
5: A cherry orchard by the house. Above the cherries, beetles hum. The plowmen plow the fertile ground. And girls sing songs as they pass by. It's evening time. Mother calls them home. A family sup by the house. A star shines in the evening chill. A daughter serves the evening meal. Time to give lessons. Mother tries, but can't. She blames the nightingale. It's getting dark, and by the house a mother lays her young to sleep. Beside them, she too falls asleep. All now went still, and just the young and the nightingale keep their vigil.
6: did not play me false, O oh fate. "'You were a brother, closest friend to this poor wretch. "'You took my hand when I was still a little taught "'and walked me to the deacon's school "'to learn from him, the drunken sought. "'My boy, just study hard,' he said, "'and you'll be somebody in time. "'I listened, studied, forged ahead, got educated.' But you lied. What am I now? But never mind. We've walked the straight path, you and I. We have not cheated, compromised, or lived the very slightest lie. So let's march on, dear fate of mine, my humble, truthful, faithful friend. Keep marching on. There, glory lies. March forward. That's my testament.
7: Життя Тараса Шевченка вивчене з точністю хіба що не до тижня. Дисертації, книжки, фільми, статті, збірки, конференції серйозні науковці та аматори не шкодують сил на дослідження. Але є у житті Тараса таємниця, яка досі невідома широкому загалу. І пов'язана вона із казахським засланням поета. А кін та так називали Шевченка казахи. Вони не розуміли українською та й російською більшості теж, але знали, що Шевченко – непроста людина. Акин – це казахський кобзар, народний співець, поет, оповідач. Акинів у Казахстані шанують як мудреців та митців. І дотепер там проводяться конкурси Акинів, переможці яких стають національними героями. Акином Шевченка називають у Казахстані, коли пишуть про нього наукові статті. Ну а якщо ми вам скажемо, що перший у світі пам'ятник Кобзареві було споруджено саме у Казахстані, ви переконаєтеся, що усе це не просто так. Що ми знаємо про казахське заслання Шевченка? По-перше, це було покарання за порушення заборони писати і малювати, яку наклав особисто імператор. Правда, як кажуть з подачі критика Вісаріона Білінського – відомого революційного демократа. Ну, забороно писати ще можна якось зрозуміти, цар прочитав поетам сон. Пам'ятаєте, аж ось і сам високий сердитий виступає, обок його цариця небо, бога, засушений, тонка, довгонога. Ну, зрозуміло, цар образився. Але чим завадило малювання? Це вже були просто вишукані тортури. І якщо ти художник, значить заборонимо малювати. Мені не шкода його. Будь я його суддею, я зробив би не менше, писав демократ. Ні, ставив Іссиріон Білінський. Ну, російські демократи, вони такі. Отже, з далекого Оренбурга Шевченка заслали іще далі, туди де козам роги правлять. А саме на Мангішлак, у фортецю Новопетровську, збудовану для підкорення та контролю казахів. Такий собі окупаційний форт. Мангішлак, який казахи звуть Мангистау. Це півострів на східному узбережжі Каспійського моря. Там живе казахське плем'я Адаївців – нащадки легендарного героя Адая, на честь якого у Монгешлаку споруджено великий меморіальний комплекс Адай-Ата. Адай – запам'ятайте це ім'я, сьогодні ми ще його згадаємо. Там, на Мангістау у Новопетровському укріпленні, Тарас Григорович провів сім років спілкуючись не лише з солдатами та офіцерами, але й з місцевим населенням, яке звідкилясь знало, що перед ними не просто солдат, а справжній кобзар, а по тамтешньому Акин. Акин-Таразі. Погодьтеся, що це вже само по собі цікаво. Адже Шевченко був представником окупаційної армії, звичайнісіньким солдатом, навіть не підстаршиною, а крім того християнином, тобто з точки зору мусульман – невірним. Що повинно було статися, щоб казахи визнали його авторитетом, а кином? Як ми знаємо, Шевченко посадив на Мангишлаку вербу, яку й досі доглядають та шанують місцеві люди. Але крім сакрального дерева, кобзар Акин залишив нащадком 350 художніх робіт, присвячених Казахстану та казахам. Слава Богу, комендант Новопетровської фортеці Усков заплющував очі на порушення імператорського указу про заборону творчості. З Мангешлакської глушини до столиці інформація навряд чи дійде. Тим більше, що на подяку Тарас малював самого коменданта та його родину. В особі Шевченка казахи здобули свого художника – народного глашатая та оборонця, який перед лицем усього світу розповідав правду про життя, побут і природу маловідомого колоніального краю – про метарства гноблених і гнаних, пише казахський науковець професор Ширіаздан Єліукінов. 350 картин про казахів! Дарунка такого масштабу Казахстану – Жоден із представників інших народів не робив. Тільки щедра душа Шевченка дала нам можливість споглядати 19 століття Казахстану в портретах живих людей. І він один, якщо не вважати окремі начерки нашого Чокана Валіханова, лишив нам у спадок такий неповторний мистецький документ. Тобто Шевченкові малюнки – одне з небагатьох візуальних джерел, з якого самі казахи можуть почерпнути інформацію про власну недавню історію. Утім, навіть у Казахстані мало хто знає, що перший пам'ятник Тарасу Шевченку було встановлено саме на Мангишлаку. Лише за 24 роки після того, як Шевченко залишив півострів. Це був простий бюст на постаменті, але звідки він взявся, науковці й досі не знають. Бо ж скульптори у ту глушину не заїздили. Існує думка, що Шевченко сам зліпив своє погруддя і залишив як пам'ять про себе. Саме таку версію висунув лікар Станіслав Мастеров у книзі «Я пам'ятник собі поставив» – пам'ятник автопортрет Шевченка на Мангишлаку, яка вийшла у Казахстані 2006 року. Автор книжки працював у 70-ті роки минулого століття на протичумній станції побіля Монгишлаку. А на Дозвіллі подорожував та спілкувався з місцевим населенням. І там з подивом переконався, що Акина Таразії, тобто Тараса Шевченко і досі згадують Аксакали. Саме вони розповіли йому і про казашку Катю. Подивіться на цей малюнок Шевченка. Сама ця жінка, як твердила Аксакали, була дружиною Тараса Григоровича у Казахстані. Катя була молодшою за Шевченка на 20 років. Вона належала до того самого легендарного роду Адай – нащадків засновника племені Адаївців. І саме через неї Шевченко долучився до могутньої знаті і таким чином отримав авторитет серед місцевих жителів. Бо як інакше солдат окупаційного війська, християнин, тобто невірний, міг стати авторитетом серед неписьменних мусульман-казахів. Родова структура суспільства і досі панує у Казахстані, а у ті часи тільки належність до шанованого роду давала людині становище у суспільстві. Саме за посередництва Каті, а точніше її родини, Тарас Шевченко і здобув авторитет у казахів. Бо самого лише малювання для цього, зрозуміло, не вистачило би. А казахською мовою Тарас не володів і без допомоги перекладача не зміг би порозумітися з місцевими жителями, які російської теж здебільшого не знали. Отже, шлях до серця простих казахів ішов через спілкування з авторитетними, освіченими людьми, представниками місцевої знаті які могли знайти спільну мову з художником та поетом з України та відчути масштаб його особистості. Катя народила Шевченкові двох дітей – хлопчика і дівчинку. Але коли термін заслання добіг кінця і Тарас повернувся до Петербурга, Катю видали заміж за казаха і звеліли забути, що вона мала колись чоловіка-християнина. Втім, саме рід Адаїв – і зберіг пам'ять на Мангишлаку про Акина Таразі, його вербу, і зрештою сприяв тому, що бюст Шевченка, створений чи то ним самим, чи такимось іншим, став першим у світі пам'ятником Кобзареві, а точніше Акину Таразі на далекому казахському Мангишлаку. Нині у Казахстані 16 пам'ятників Шевченкові. Один із них, звісно, у Мангешлагу. Ну, це вже не той бюст, а велика скульптура. Про Акина Таразі казахським дітям розповідають у школах. Ну, зрозуміло, за винятком історії з казашкою Катою, бо вона не підтверджена жодними документами. А Аксакали, ну що, люди старі, могли щось поплутати. Дарма щось більшість казахської історії нащадкам зберегли саме Аксакали. Утім, факт залишається фактом, з якихось причин – За 24 роки після того, як Шевченко залишив Мангішлак, там йому спорудили пам'ятник. Перший у світі. Ну а ми з вами вшановуємо Кобзаря і зараз. Зокрема, 12 березня на екрану українських кінотеатрів виходить фільм «Толока» Михайла Іллінка. Це історична притча, створена за мотивами балади Шевченка у тієї Катерини. Hello, I'm Vasily
2: Pavlovsky, and this is Cultural Capsule, especially for Nash Holos. One day short of the year of this week's Cultural Capsule, I've included my segment with the following words of today's persona Oh, bury me, then rise me up and break your heavy chains. Add water with the tyrant's blood, the freedom you have gained." That freedom was sought not only by Shevchenko for his people, but also by an Afro-American actor by the name of Ira Aldrich, who through self-imposed exile was acting in Britain. In April of 1846, Shevchenko was arrested and exiled as a private in the Tsar's army to Orenburg, and while the period of exile was never stated, it was expected to be for life. In her memoirs of Shevchenko, Ekaterina Jonge, the daughter of Fyodor Tolstoy, head of the Academy of Arts, wrote, Maybe my father was a participant in the matter, inasmuch that he vehemently abhorred serfdom and really felt for the young poet and artist. He made many appeals on behalf of Shevchenko, and then one evening in the autumn of 1857, my father woke us all from a deep sleep. Get up, children, there is great happiness. He went into the parlor, then he told us Shevchenko had been freed. When Shevchenko finally arrived in St. Petersburg in the spring of 1858, he went directly to the Tolstoys to thank them for securing his freedom. Through the Academy of Arts, he received a small two-bedroom flat with a bedroom and a studio. And our home was his home, wrote Junge, and continued, though one of the greatest events of that time was the visit to our capital of the African tragic actor Ira Aldridge, he and Shevchenko became inseparable. They had so much in common. They both had clean, clean souls, they were incredible artists, and they both had memories of oppression from childhood. While they could not understand one another without a translator, they sang each other's songs of their homelands and understood one another. Aldridge, who had a hard time pronouncing Slavic names, simply referred to Shevchenko as the artist. It was on December 25, 1858, when the 14-year-old Ekaterina and her 10-year-old sister escorted Aldridge to Shevchenko's studio for a portrait. Aldridge, by his nature, could not sit still for long, and he was fooling around with us making faces and dancing with my sister. But it wasn't long before the portrait was finished, then we all went to our place to drink tea, wrote Yungin. Recently, a number of things have been written and presented on the friendship between Ira Aldridge and Tarashevchenko, and this week's cultural capsule featured just a small fragment of that friendship as told by an
8: eyewitness. (laughs) Не минула слава, та я немарно пройшла, Удовиця у м'ясниці сина привела, Удовиця у м'ясниці сина привела.
0: Bandura's Capella of Ukraine with another of Shevchenko's famous poems set to music Oikryk Nule Siri The Silver Geese Recalling
6: This is CHMB AM 1320 Vancouver
0: And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage then and now brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario Last week, we aired Part 1 of an interview with Paulina Zalitsky, who published a memoir of her life growing up in the Soviet Union, working in Cuba on a Soviet naval base in the late 1960s, and her famous and daring defection to Canada in 1971. In Part 1, Paulina described the dangers she faced and the indignities she endured as a Jewish girl growing up in the Soviet Union, and later as a Jewish woman working on a Soviet naval base in Cuba and accidentally becoming privy to the political intrigues of the little-known Second Cuban Missile Crisis. Today, in Part 2 of this two-part interview, Paulina will tell us about her harrowing defection and the circumstances that convinced her that defection was the lesser danger. As well, she'll explain why recent alarming developments in Cuba today, which are being ignored by Western media, lead her to believe that we are now facing a third and much more dangerous Cuban Missile Crisis and its potentially disastrous ramifications in Ukraine and Eastern Europe. And so um, you have personal things going on in your life too. Your marriage was starting to get a little rocky. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, um, an old family friend that um, you trusted um, hit on you and you escaped being raped and exactly,
9: by him. Can yeah, you imagine? That, he was yeah. my
0: substitute father.
9: Plus, you probably would sympathize with me. I couldn't
0: tell about
9: that to anyone.
0: It's not something you talk mm-hmm. about because then then you're the one that suffers.
9: Exactly. Plus, when I, when I uh, spoke to my father about it, I was endangering his health because he almost had heart attack. And I was afraid to tell to my husband because... My husband could react violently. Yeah. I wouldn't want him to do that.
3: Yeah.
9: What happened is, because my supervisor, who almost raped me, I didn't let him to.
0: Yeah. I fought. Thanks to your dad, he taught you the kick.
9: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this was very handy kick. <laughs> so when it happened, he was scared that I will denounce him. So... He went to embassy before me and denounced me.
0: Yeah, preemptive strike, yeah.
9: Preemptive strike, yes. So I was in a big trouble. Yeah. I decided, or right, I get out in time, or I will end up in prison, so I better go.
0: So then you started to seriously look at defection. You chose Canada. You knew nothing about it, not a word of English, never heard a word of English. Yes. But yes. you decided Canada, and... A fueling stop in gander mm-hmm. and you first time was unsuccessful you did it twice- you tried twice twice <laughs> yes, first time they caught me,
3: yeah,
9: I was really lucky that you know I was young because when young women pretend something it's easier. Oh yeah, than <laughs> yeah. everybody else. Plus, I had two small children. Yeah. So I pretended that my children were very sick. Yeah. And airline was scared that I will complain, you know, about food that poisoned my children.
0: Right. Right.
9: So somehow, somehow I managed to survive that one. But the second one, I wouldn't have second chance. That's it. So, you know, once they caught me. It was already recorded somewhere, for sure. Oh, yeah. And the second time, I would be put in prison. That's for certain. And punishment for defection is severe. It's 15 years in Gulag. Yikes. hmm? Of the worst kind. Yeah. So I was scared, but I didn't have choice. I had to act. And uh, that's what
0: happened. You did crazy things. I mean, I,
9: I have
0: to. the stories that that you came up with the second time you ended up on the wrong plane, yeah. ended up in Prague, stayed there for two days, how with no money, with no food, with nothing, a, a, an accident with one of your little boys, you know, you made it on the plane, and you were so smart. You had, and I'm not because I don't want to give this away. I want people to read this book because it is an amazing story. But you taught your little boy; he was the one. Yeah. If it wasn't for your little boy, who runs really, really fast, yeah. um, he was the one that broke you free, and you ended up in Canada mm-hmm. with the communists banging on the door. The people from the the airline that was Czechoslovakian aer- airlines that you managed to get on from yeah. <laughs> from Prague, and they, yeah, and they were were there for hours. And then, you know, your story of what happened to you when you defected, and that was harrowing. To what happened here in Canada, I, I was disappointed in my government, in how you were treated. I was disappointed in 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 those people who, in whose care you were. They were a whole lot better than the ones that you left behind. You know, it was very shocking to me. It was an eye opener, and I think it's an eye, it would be an eye opener to anyone. That book should be in schools. That should be taught in schools. Your story, people have no idea. Absolutely no idea, and I'm just so glad that you wrote that book. It would put John Curry to shame. <laughs> Seriously, what a story. Thank you. It should actually be a series on TV. Um, but back to your story and how we connected. I just wanted a picture. I wanted to post the um, you know, the book review on the website, just routine, boring stuff, work day stuff that I do all the time. And uh, And then you sent me this information about something that just happened in Cuba, and it's something that's called what is it? The third Cold War or something, or the third mm-hmm, mis- mm-hmm. the third missile crisis? Yes,
9: um, because it's the third missile crisis. You see, the first one was in sixty two. Mm-hmm. The second one was really sixty nine seventy because Kissinger wrote about it. U.S. of course had uh, intelligence information about Soviet submarines. Being in Cuba, the submarine base.
0: Right, right. And
9: he wrote an article, despite the fact that Nixon forbid him to do it.
0: Okay, so this is the secret submarine base that you were working on. Um, yeah, your work was actually was on the construction site. The the yes, the fa- mine was on construction. The the site, the, the, fa- right. the facade for mm-hmm. it, and yeah, and so that and
9: translation for for navy.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah.
9: I was translating for Navy too.
0: That's right. So that was the second Cuban Missile Crisis.
9: That was second. And now we're coming into third.
0: Yeah. And this it's interesting, the second one, not very many people talked about it. As you said, Nixon, who was the US president at the time, forbade Kissinger from writing about it?
9: Yes. Yes. So, that's it, was, correct.
0: It, so it was supposed to be kept hush hush. Yes, that's right. Why?
9: And it looks like it's going to be kept as well now. The reason why? Yeah. I told you why I think is the reason. They don't know what to do about it. United States has not anti-missile, cruise missile defense at all. So they don't know what to do about it. And when they're bullied, they just uh, freeze. They do nothing.
0: So going back again to 1969 and the second uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, were they prepared then, or were they also not prepared, and they just wanted? No, it to go- No, they were
9: not prepared. No, oh. they were not prepared. I was interviewed, and I believe, and I, uh, of course, i I described my work. That was in '71 uh-huh. when I described my work.
0: To who? Who? To whom?
9: And uh, nobody heard about that, right? Who, so who did you? You didn't.
0: No, no. Who did you describe? Who did you tell your story to? Who do, who interviewed you? The government.
9: Government, of course. You want to know exactly names? No, government. No,
0: no, no. I don't want to know names. No.
9: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you understand. <laughs> I
0: do. No, yeah. I, <laughs> but
9: of course, I am now so free to talk about it because it's really happened and it's recorded.
0: Yeah. Are you worried at all for your safety? No, oh,
9: I good. am in Canada.
0: Okay, so you don't, you don't think that there's any danger here?
9: No, I don't think there is any danger in Canada, that's right.
0: Okay, well, you live, you've lived through danger, so you would recognize it if it was there. So when we were first speaking a few days ago, you brought to my attention something that mm-hmm. was going on in Cuba Uh, right about the time I was airing your book review. Um, Mm -hmm. Two weeks ago, there were uh, Russian high-level officials had been in Cuba.
9: Absolutely. The head of all Russian Navy, Admiral Nikolai Yevmenov.
0: And he was there on the request of Raul Castro and the president of Cuba. Yes, that's right. And they They were there. who
9: visited Moscow a couple of weeks before. Oh, before that
0: and mm-hmm. then, oh I see. so the Russian officials were in Cuba for six days and yeah. all the, the, so the announcement was made all over Russian media that they were going to beef up the
9: the submarine base
0: that you were working on in sixty
9: nine yeah, so yeah, they were yeah. going to expand it. Yeah, that's right. that they're going to rebuild that base and um, they are going actually to upgrade this uh, harbor facilities again and also that the new spy center this um, glonas and the satellite spy center is functioning in this is a russian center it's functioning now it's back into operations so, in cuba the spy center and the navy base oh, both
0: they were both closed were
9: closed in cuba in 92 okay and now they announced that they're reopening it and the spy center already is reestablished, rebuilt, and operating.
3: Wow.
9: Right. And two days ago, a Russian spy ship, the, main, the biggest spy ship, Victor Leonov, came to Havana and it's right now in Havana Harbor from March 3rd. I don't know how long they're going to, to stay there. But from that ship, not only they listen everything and everyone in the United States and Canada, but also they're working, of course, uh, in a coordinating work of their new spy center.
0: Good grief. Are you worried that they'll be hearing our conversation?
9: No, why? Why should I worry? I'm in Canada. Okay. I would be worried if I would be in Havana or if I would be in Moscow.
0: So we shouldn't be worried?
9: We shouldn't be worried,
0: no. Okay. They're Why not what?
9: interested in you and me, of course. They're interested in uh, military establishment. Oh. In what our governments do. They're not interested in what you and I do.
0: So they're not worried that people are talking. They don't care.
9: No, they care about important people. Ah, <laughs> they are not important enough. That's Thanks good. God. Th- that's right. Yeah, my father always told me that if you want to survive, don't become important.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you had sent me some English language media, and you you'd sent at the, at the time that nothing. There's not much, is there? Not only not much. There is nothing. Well, there was something. It was something about uh, Canadian um, military. Yes, no rad. Yeah, NORAD. Yeah, Yeah, they
9: announced that Russia is the main danger. Right. And that's all. They didn't say from the south. Like, yes, uh, Russia is danger everywhere, obviously. And when they're spying from the south, they're danger uh, in any direction. But we have that danger 90 miles from From the U.S. coast, right? Yeah. 90 miles, they don't have to use strategic weapons. They can use short or middle range Uh, cruise missiles. Right. Cruise missiles, short or middle range, if they have nuclear tip, they're as dangerous as nuclear bombs. You understand?
3: Wow.
9: The cruise missiles, they, uh, right now, today, nobody can stop. There is no defense against them. Oh no. United States is only developing defense. It's developing, but it's going to be developed, I promise, for 2024. Oh. 2024, that's a couple
0: of years away from now. Uh, you think the Russians will wait until they, they're ready? Yeah. <laughs> so you don't think that the United States is aware of this?
9: I think they are aware of everything, but they don't want to confront anyone because they don't know how to. You see, they're bullied. And where they're bullied, they don't know what to do. A bully, did you say? Yeah, bully. Uh, it... Because Soviet Union in Russia are acting as a bully. Yes. And they're intimidating. In order for what? In order to negotiate. They don't want just war for the sake of war. They don't need to end life on this planet just for the sake of it, right? What do they want? They want to negotiate. For example, right now in Ukraine, there are some differences because the new president of Ukraine wants to review Minsk Agreement. Uh, you see, Poroshenko signed deal yes. in Minsk. The border becomes Ukrainian only after election. That means that they will elect Russian KGB in government. That would become Ukrainian government. Wonderful. Yeah, that's what Minsk agreement made. I didn't realize that. That's the deal. Wonderful. Yes, because Russia is controlling borders, right? So while Russia is controlling borders, who is running for elections in those regions?
0: Well, yeah.
9: Correct. And if these people are elected into Ukrainian government, whom they're going to represent. Yeah. So Zelensky wants to change it. He wants the deal to be changed that first the border becomes Ukrainian and after that they will hold elections.
0: That's reasonable. So which border? The border that Russia breached? The border
9: that Russia breached already.
0: So so basically push Russia back to the original sovereign borders from, yes. from 2013. Yes, that's
9: right. That's okay. right. That's the Minsk deal. That's the conditions of Minsk deal.
0: To push back all the borders to where they were in 2013.
9: Yes, and to hold elections. But what is first? First the borders or first elections? Mm-hmm. If the borders are under control of Russians, that means elections are not going to result in Ukrainian interest.
0: Right.
9: You understand? Mm -hmm. So he wants to review it, and Putin doesn't want him to. And if uh, United States and uh, Europe supports Ukraine, Putin might have to retire before this Minsk deal is finalized. Why? And he doesn't want that. He, he wants to retire. He wants to retire in a more secure position. He's retiring at oh. the end of this year. Oh. He's supposed to retire.
0: Oh, yeah, right.
9: <laughs> of course, it's not completely retirement because uh, he he still will be controlling everything and managing everything, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. from behind, not
0: oh, yes, yeah.
9: Not in the front line any longer.
0: Okay, so so then let me get this straight. He is in Cuba because of Ukraine?
9: Well yes, yes. Yeah. They are telling to United States and the Western countries to stop helping Ukraine. Wow. Don't interfere anymore, not just Ukraine, but also other regions. Like Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, Georgia,
0: all those other regions as well. So he wants, to, he does want to recreate the Russian Empire.
9: Exactly, that's what I was telling in my message to you. Mm-hmm. It's just continuation of Russian traditional politics.
3: Wow.
9: It's an imperial ambition. Yeah. They can't stop it. It's always been.
3: Yeah.
9: You probably know that originally uh, Russia itself, Moscow was a very small region. Oh, yeah. And it grew because they were conquering territories around them, right? Yeah. And it never changed. They always do. They always conquer.
3: Yeah.
9: So what they don't want and what Khrushchev was doing and what Brezhnev was doing and what now Putin is doing, they are warning the West not to interfere in their conquest.
0: So, while the United States is preoccupied with coronavirus scares, with, mm-hmm. with, um, with unseating um, an elected president, like him or not, um, he was elected, and so that whole circus that's been going on, and mm-hmm. in the meantime, Russia very quietly is back to its old tricks,
9: Yes, Russia very quietly just taking what they want,
0: and the rest of the world is
9: yeah. Yeah, I was always impressed. You you probably heard interviews of uh, granddaughter of Khrushchev. She lives in the United States, and she spoke many times on interviews. Right. And when they were asking her why Russia is doing that, she always said because they can. Hmm. She always answered that way, just because they can. You see, they're bullying,
3: yeah.
9: and the West doesn't know how to confront that.
0: What What do you think about the Ukrainian pushback? Do you think there's any hope there?
9: To be very honest, I don't think really anybody cares about Ukraine, yeah. but Ukrainians.
0: Yeah, do they have a hope in hell?
9: Ukrainians do. Oh. But nobody else is willing to help, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's
9: I feel desperate. Yeah. You
0: you do you don't have any family left there now?
9: Yes, of course. I still have family in Odessa. Oh. Yeah. They don't want to go. They could go to Israel, they couldn't go anywhere else. Yeah. But they prefer to stay in Odessa. They love Odessa. They they want
0: to live there. It's home. You know? mm-hmm. But your new home is here in Canada and Thank you so much for sharing your story and for giving us this heads up on what's happening in the world today.
9: Thank you, Follette. You're so kind and so observant. I really appreciate how you treated the subject.
0: Oh, well, thank you. It's fascinating to me, and uh, certainly you made it easy with your incredible storytelling skills. So, um, again, I can't emphasize enough for listeners to read Paulina's memoir, The Sea is Only Knee Deep. You can get it on Amazon. It is an incredible story. Thank you for sharing it, and hope to have you on the show again soon. Thank you. And thank you. Paulina Zelitsky is the author of The Sea is Only Knee Deep a two-volume memoir about her life growing up in the Soviet Union, working as an engineer on a Soviet naval base in Cuba during the Second Cuban Missile Crisis, and her daring defection to Canada in 1971. I hope you enjoyed this interview with the author of this fascinating book. I'm Paulina, producer and host of Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Until next time, Shalom.
1: раз Лечу Москва-Одесса Опять не выпускают самолет А вот прошла вся в синим стердеса, как принцесса Надежная, как весь гражданский флот На Мурманском не туч, не облаков И хоть сейчас лети до Ашхабада Открытый Киев, Харьков, Кишинев И Львов открыт Но мне туда не надо, сказали мне Сегодня не надейся, не стоит уповать на небеса И вот опять дают задержку рейса на Одессу Теперь обледенела полоса А в Ленинграде с крыши потекло И что мне не лететь до Ленинграда? В Тбилиси там все ясно, там тепло Там чай растет, но мне туда не надо Я слышу, раздавчане вылетают А мне в Одессу надо позарез Но надо мне туда, куда три дня не принимают И потому откладывают рейс Мне надо, где сугроба на Где завтра ожидают снегопада А где-нибудь все ясно и светло Там хорошо, но мне туда не надо Отсюда не пускают, а туда не принимают Несправедливо, грустно мне, но вот Нас на посадку скучность Ордесса приглашает, надёжная, как весь гражданский флот. Открыли самый дальний уголок, в который не заманят и награды. Открыть закрытый порт Владивосток. Париж открыть, но мне туда не надо. Ледимым распогодится, теперь запреты снимут, напрягся за лайнер, слышен визг турбин. Сижу, как на иголках, но вдруг опять не примут, опять найдется множество причин. Мне надо, где ветели туман, где завтра ожидают снегопада. Открыли Лондон, Телли-Магадан, открыли все, но мне туда не надо. Я прав, хоть плачь, хоть смейся Но опять задержка рейса И нас обратно к прошлому ведет Вся стройная, как ту Да и садесса, Одесса Похожая на весь гражданский флот Опять дают задержку до восьми И граждане покорно засыпают Мне это надоело, черт возьми И я лечу туда, где принимаю.
0: And that was a very popular Russian singer with a Klezmer tune called Moskva, Odessa. And that's going out especially for Paulina. You've been listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver here on AM 1320 CHMB and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts, please visit us online at www.nashholos.com where you'll find transcripts and archived audio files, a link to the Nosh Holos podcast and informa- in- information about the show. As well, there will be a link to our Patreon site where you can support our work if you like. And our Proverb of the Week translates as you won't get very far on someone else's wisdom. Well, with that, we've come to the end of our program, so we'll wrap things up with a by-request band from Steinbach and In the Barn Polka. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nosh Holos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich! This edition of the show. If you're not yet a Patreon supporter, I hope I can convince you to become one today with the digital equivalent of a cup of coffee once or twice a month. Or if you're feeling really generous and can afford it, maybe even a snack or a meal. There's an option for every budget. What does becoming a Patreon donor get you besides the good feeling that comes with knowing you're supporting a good cause? Well, I'm hoping you'll also become a part of the show itself by providing story ideas and connecting with Ukrainian artists and artisans looking for free publicity. Your contribution will also help to preserve a well-established on-air and online venue and ensure that future generations will be able to enjoy the music and other Nasholas programming that you currently do. If you're ambivalent about Patreon but would still like to donate or contribute ideas to the show, please send an email via the contact page on our website. To become a Patreon supporter, just go to www.patreon.com and search for hollis That's patron with an E, spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or go to www.nasholus.com and click on the orange Patreon button on any page there. It'll take you to our page where you can choose your level of support. Thank you for listening and for your support.